Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School. Here, you'll get fresh insight from the people at the very top of the tech companies who make the products we love. Remember, you can learn product management live online. Visit productschool.com to discover our new certificate path. There, you can also join the world's largest community of PMs and network with the leaders from these podcasts at our online events. There's something happening almost every day. Hey, everyone. I'm Sharif. Uh, today's talk is going to be about uh, some of the common mistakes made by new product managers. If you are a new or an aspiring product manager, then this talk is for you. So before jumping uh, into more details about uh, what are these common mistakes, let me first introduce myself. So I'm Sharif. I have been working in the tech industry for more than 12 years. I started my career as a software engineer working for different small and medium-sized companies. Uh, halfway through my career, I started a tech startup focused on building software for the events industry. Uh, the, the startup didn't grow as expected, so I moved on into doing something else. That's when I joined uh, Booking.com. I moved to Amsterdam. I'm originally from Egypt, so I moved to Amsterdam. To join Booking.com, I started with Booking.com as a software engineer. Uh, two years later, I felt like I want to move uh, to something else, so I moved to product management. So I have been working as a product manager for uh, four years so far. So about two years ago, I was invited to participate in a mentorship program for aspiring and new product managers. So since then, I have been interacting with a lot of people who are either new product managers or people who want to be uh, product managers. Uh, when I talk uh, to new product managers, we usually discuss some of the daily challenges they are facing at work. And I try to give them some advice from my experience about how to solve these problems. So over time, I started to see that there are some common mistakes that new product managers keep repeating. I did many of them myself in my early days. So I thought uh, maybe I can summarize some of them in this uh, talk. So if you are a new product manager or an aspiring one, please take notes because avoiding these mistakes would be essential for your success as a product manager. Okay, let's jump to the first item on the list. Okay, the first one, forgetting that you switch to product management. So this is a very common mistake to see with uh, product managers who come from uh, design or engineering background. Uh, these product managers usually have been working for three, four, maybe five years uh, in that role uh, in a similar team format. And then uh, one day they switch to become a product manager. And for the first few months, if no one makes it clear to them, they continue um, to operate similar to the to what the, 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 the used to do before in the previous role. So if the new product manager was an engineer, the product manager will continue focusing mainly on very micro details of implementation that another engineer should be taken care of. If they were a designer, they also would be like super focused on, on uh, micro details about the design that the designer and their team should be more focused on. So 
This is a mistake because uh, as a product manager, you have a lot of responsibilities. So you should be trying to focus on uh, the areas that can bring you and bring your team and bring your product the best, uh, the best impact. And at the same time, you have uh, a team of engineers and designers who are already capable uh, of doing the, the jobs that you used to do before. So uh, give them some space because also if you don't give them this space, they won't feel comfortable working with you. And it's very essential for you as a product manager to make sure that uh, your designers and, uh, and engineers are happy to be working with you and that they are also growing and they are, are doing challenging uh, things. So to avoid this, maybe in the beginning, when you are starting your role in the first month, have a meeting with your manager and ask, ask your manager to write down with you uh, the scope of your role. What does your manager expect from you? What does a successful product manager in that role should be focusing on? And make this the guideline for you on what you should uh, focusing your energy on. And also the same thing you can do also with your team. So with your team, you can do uh, a session where everyone uh, writes down what they expect from each other role. So you have engineers, the engineers should write, engineers should write what they should expect from their designers and what they should expect uh, from you as a product manager and any other roles that, that works closely uh, with you. And the same thing you can also do with, with, with for them, you can also write your expectations from uh, about what you should expect from your engineers and what you should expect from the designers and everyone else. This, this uh, helps, helps make it clear to everyone how to operate and work together. Another thing is good also to define like your not to-do list. You should promise yourself from the beginning that I can do a lot of things, but there are things that I should not be doing uh, anymore because they, they don't fall into my scope and they, they are not going to bring the highest value to my product or my team. That's, that's, that's one of the mistakes and how to, to get over this uh, mistake. So another one is acting as if you are the CEO of the product. So why is this a mistake? So CEOs can choose their teams. So they can hire a new head of marketing if they don't like the ones they have in the, in the company, in their team. And CEOs can change how all the company is organized if they think a better shape would make the company more successful. So this level of authority and power makes it easier for CEOs to lead and point everyone toward whatever new directions they want. You, as a product manager, you don't have this level of authority. Engineering, design, marketing, sales, none of them report to you. So basically, they don't have to listen to anything you say. So they would only listen to you if they trust you. So trust is something you earn by following these steps. One, you first join uh, a new company or a new department. Um, you should, when you do that, you should um, know all your stakeholders. 
And you should start building personal relationships with them. Start uh, talking to them about uh, their lives and your life. You should build this kind of rapport so you can work better together. And then when we know about the personal life of each other, we start to trust each other more. This is one aspect that you can focus on to, to start um, earning trust. Uh, the other thing, the other thing that you can do is that you should listen to everyone and make uh, sure that they are aware that they are heard. So everyone has a has a piece of information or perspective that can help you avoid making wrong decisions. So make sure that you are also making using all this information that they have and engage these people in decision making. Even if the final decision doesn't match what they were expecting, the fact that they were, they were part of the process of making the decision will make them accept the decision without a lot of uh, resistance. So that's, that was the second mistake. Let me jump to the next one. So rarely talking to customers. This is also very common. Sadly, a lot of product managers forget to talk to their customers or to be more accurate, they avoid talking to the customer, which is something I understand. Talking to customers can be scary. Uh, customers usually have high expectations and a lot of unmet, unmet needs. When you go to talk to them, they might start talking to you about one, how frustrating your product is and how hard it is for them to do their job without that other missing feature. And when you start showing them a prototype of some new feature you are working on, they might find a lot of problems in how it works. So I understand that this might make you scared of talking to customers, but what is the alternative? If you don't talk to your customers, you will never be able to uncover all these problems uh, you have in your existing product or in your upcoming future. You also won't ever know what those customers really care about. And if you don't know what customers care about, then how would you be able to prioritize your backlog or roadmap? Okay, so now that you know how important talking to customers is, here are some tips that should help you talk to customers more. One, strive to have at least one meeting with one of your customers every week. You can book uh, you can book these meetings one by one directly by talking to your customers, or you can integrate that functionality into your product by allowing some of your customers to book some time with you through the, somehow through the product. So uh, I saw a lot of products, uh, especially B2B products, integrate Calendly and because it makes uh, this process much easier. Two, Bring another person to those meetings, a designer, an engineer, someone from uh, marketing or sales. Any of them can be a great partner to you during these meetings. Their presence will make you less nervous and their different background and, and thought process most likely is going to be very helpful. Three, use some tools like user testing to automate the collection of feedback from your customers. A tool like this can make your life easier, but it still is not an alternative to directly talking uh, to your customers. So these are the tips I have for you for to get over this uh, this point, this mistake. 
So, uh, so far, uh, I covered some uh, mistakes, but there's still, there are still more. So let me move to the next uh, mistake. So the next one is letting customers design the product. So why do we talk to customers? We talk to customers to uncover the needs of those customers and what they are not satisfied about. Unfortunately, some new product managers misunderstand what it means to talk to customers. They think that talking to customers is mainly about collecting product requirements. So what happens usually is that they would, would uh, take whatever the customer says word by word and convert it into solutions that engineers build. So this is a recipe for creating bad products. Like this cute mug, your customers might know their needs and pain more than you do, but they don't know what is the best way to create a solution uh, for those needs and pains. It's your job and the job of the, uh, the rest of your product team to keep innovating and iterating on the best uh, on the solution uh, until you find the best solution that can work for your customer, uh, all of your customer, uh, all of your customers. This also doesn't mean that you should refuse every idea uh, for a solution that comes from your customers. You should listen to those ideas and then feed. Uh, these ideas into the process used by your product team to validate if, if this is the right solution or not. The other mistake I see a lot is following your biases. We are all humans. We have a lot of biases. As product managers, we are expected to talk to customers and to use data to make decisions. But still, we are humans and we have our own biases. Our biases can make us ignore some good data that oppose an idea what we are excited about. Also, our biases can come up during our meeting uh, with customers or when we are crafting questions for our new customer survey. So it's very easy to word questions in, in a way that makes it hard for customers to say no when saying yes is going to work best for you. So to avoid biases as much as possible, try to, one, educate yourself about the most common cognitive biases and their negative effects. Two, ask other colleagues to review your work. So this one might feel painful a bit, but it is essential for making sure that you are not uh, heading in the wrong direction. Three, uh, define processes and checklists that help you make sure that you are not falling victim to uh, one uh, or more of these biases. Let me move to the next point. So making decisions only if you have perfect data. As I mentioned before, I work currently for Booking.com, which is um, a company that prides itself of being very data-driven and a very data-informed uh, company. At Booking.com, it's very common to see presentations about uh, new projects or features, and these presentations would come with a lot of data and insights that support them. Once the presenter is done presenting, the audience would then start asking more detailed questions about this data. How was data collected? How many data points have been used in this analysis? And many other questions. So four years ago, myself, as a new product manager at Booking.com, I was scared of making decisions that might turn out to be wrong. So to make myself feel safer, I started hiding behind the fact that our company is very data-driven. So 
I decided that I won't make a decision unless if I have 100% of the data that, that can make me sure that I would be making the right decision. So this made me invest a lot of time in researching and analyzing every small or big decision I had to make. So this was exhausting. It was slowing down the progress of the team. And uh, luckily back then, my manager noticed the problem and explained to me that being data-driven doesn't mean that we have to depend only on that. It is impossible anyway to have all the data we need. Our job as product managers is to utilize the data we have and fill the gaps using our product intuition and any other tools. That's why you see it's very common that the interviewing process of many companies include a, what is usually called a product sense and a product intuition interview to, to validate um, the fact that you're going to be able to fill the empty space when you don't have that. Later, uh, I came across one of the annual letters that, uh, that Jeff Bezos writes. I found there that these few sentences that Jeff uh, uses to explain that most decisions should be made with, with around 70% of the information we wish we had. And that if we wait till we have 90% of this information, then probably we are being slow. This was not very clear to me as a new product manager. So I hope you won't repeat my mistake. Okay, what is another mistake we have here? Launching products without measuring their success. So a few sec seconds ago, I was talking about uh, over-depending on data. Not tracking any data is another mistake, especially after releasing a new feature or a product. Product managers are judged by their ability to solve important customer problems at the right time, the right way, in a way that adds value to the business. That's why it's essential that we track how our products are being used and make conclusions on whether our solutions are delivering the expected results or not. We are not project manager managers. We don't just deliver the project and uh, then go home and that's it. We have to focus on delivering outcomes, the result itself. Here are some tips that will help you stay always on top of how your product is performing. One, make sure that when you are defining the problem, that you also define what success is going to be like and define a plan for measuring it. Two, when defining the solution, work with your designers and engineers on defining the key events and user actions that you want to have tracked in the product. Three, ahead of launching the product, build a simple dashboard that shows you all the metrics that you should be keeping an eye on every day or every week. If creating a dashboard is not possible for you, just figure out a way to get the data uh, you want easily. Four, Volunteer reporting on this data to your team, your manager, and your stakeholders. Also combine your report with your learnings and ideas for how to improve the product further. Now let's talk about this mistake, not killing bad features or products. So let's be realistic. Not every single feature or product you will launch is going to be successful. So you should always consider killing it. That new feature or product might still get traction with a small set of your customers, but you have to ask yourself about whether it's worth it to keep that feature or not. That one extra feature or product that not enough people use is most likely to be 
One, a distraction, because it will require maintenance work for your engineers. Two, it will make your product more confusing or harder to use. Three, it will use some of your product surface areas that can be used for another more valuable feature. Another mistake is letting others overload you with, with work. So one of the tough things about uh, the product manager role is that it has a very wide scope. Also working with a lot of stakeholders from different teams means that a lot of tasks become your responsibility. Why they shouldn't? If you don't define your boundaries and say no to the tasks that you shouldn't do, then you would be setting up yourself for failure because there is no way that you will be able to handle all that work without burning up. So here are some tips. One, don't accept every single meeting that you get invited to. Only join a meeting when you are sure that it is relevant to you. If you don't say no, you will find yourself spending most of your time in meetings and end up working extra hours every day to be able to keep up with your tasks. I would maybe make an exception for the first two months uh, or three months of your time uh, with a new team and product. Maybe attending these meetings will help you know more people and expose you to many things that you need to know about in the beginning, but maybe not care about later. Point two, or tip number two, instead of using a to-do list app to organize your tasks, use your calendar as a to-do list. You can do that by simply blocking time blocks in your calendar for each task you need to work on. This will help you be uh, more realistic about how much time you have every day and every week for, uh, for meetings and extra tasks. Three, grow people around you. It's very common to find that a designer or an engineer in your team is interested in expanding their skills or doing something different. Give them this chance by letting them work on some of the tasks that they will enjoy working on. Four, get enough sleep. If you don't sleep well, you won't be able to focus during the day and you will increase your chances of making bad decisions. Now, this mistake, uh, I felt it a lot in, uh, in the beginning and still sometimes uh, I try to, to uh, remind myself that I should not take things personally. But uh, uh, it's, it's very common that you see product managers affected by this. Most of our work as product managers is focused on looking for problems that we can solve for our customers and then finding innovative solutions that can help our customers and our business be successful. Innovation is hard and humans are complex. It's very hard in advance to know what will be our customer's reaction to our new product innovation. So failure uh, might happen. Uh, so do your best to validate the problem, the solution, the market size, and define a plan for how to deal with the most critical risks. If all this doesn't work, make sure to conduct post-mortem session with your team to make a list of your learnings and what can be done better in the future to avoid similar failures. When, products, uh, when a product fails, don't let that get to you. It's part of the job. You are innovating. Innovation is hard. So learn from the failures and move forward. So that's 
that was it. These are the maybe uh, main uh, common mistakes I wanted to share with you. Uh, please find me on Twitter at Shreve uh, and on LinkedIn also uh, as Shreve. And uh, feel free to email me if you have any other uh, questions. Uh, I wish you have uh, a great uh, day wherever you are. Thank you for listening to the product podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.